Welcome to the show. Welcome to episode 58 of the Thrash Report for August 17th, 2021. I'm Chris. This is your weekly music commentary podcast where we discuss all things metal and heavy music. And we are back. Man, we have been busier than the left hand on a Dragon Force fretboard. <laughs> we have. That is us outside of our thrash report life. We have been busy. I have been on vacation for, well, I was gone for a week last week. So it was didn't really work out to have an episode last week, which is unfortunate because I think we've missed a few weeks recently. So good to be back. Had a yep. very busy physical and mental day today. So nothing better to do than talk some metal. Heck yeah. We have a very special episode. Yes. We're going hit to uh, hit some key headlines, things that are happening in the news. And once we jam through that, we're going to dedicate this entire episode to something that just turned 30 years old. Jim, what are we talking about? My son. <laughs> no. We, of course, are talking about the big news of last week, 30th anniversary of Metallica's The Black Album. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it is yeah. kind of that... Um, it's just such an influential album. So many of us got our start with that album. So many of us... Um, yeah, just a huge part of uh, of our influence, our upbringing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be fun to talk about. So, and I got some some fun little facts and, and nuggets we can talk about. And uh, we some got some stories nuggets. there. So. Freaking nuggets. Some <laughs> some nuggets, dude. Let's yeah. jump into the headlines. Yeah, um, so we do have a few headlines since we've been gone a few weeks. Yeah, and one of the big things is we've all been waiting for who is taking. Dave Ellison's spot on Megadeth. Yes. Well, it was announced for the upcoming tour that former band member James Lomenzo will be rejoining for the tour, but will he be back in the band? I have not heard yet. It's possible, I guess. You know, he's been there before, but maybe it's not possible because he's been there before. (laughs) That is very true. Dude, you put that so eloquently. That's exactly right. Elephant. Um, I am elephant. You know, I I dig, uh, obviously, huge, huge Megadeth fan, huge Dave Mustaine fan. Um, He was, uh, I just saw him on social the other day, and he he said, like, he's, he was learning a solo or something, and uh, doing some rehearsal stuff. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. He looks a little rough. (laughs) Dave Mustaine looks like I don't know. Did he age like 20 years in the past? Just a few. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I should, yeah. the guy did go through and beat cancer. So yep. um, all the power to him, but uh, yeah, it looks a little rough. Yeah, I agree. And even when we had the guys from Krog on a few weeks ago, they were, or a couple months now, they were saying the same thing that age may be catching up with him. I don't know, but uh, I don't know. We'll see him on stage and, See what he looks like. I'll actually yeah, be seeing him twice. I'm I'm excited, dude. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna see him uh, again. I I just yeah I, I'm I'm pretty stoked. Hopefully those shows go uh, go on without a hitch. Yeah, 
I hope so. So is James, is he in any other project right now? I mean, what, what is he? I top of my head. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. Um, we should have our producer look into that. Don't we have any runners that can do that for us? we got some showrunners that can, Oh, we're on a really low budget. We don't have showrunners. <laughs> oh, Jim, I forgot to talk about the awesome thrash report contest we got running right now. Oh yeah, please do. So I want to just remind everyone that you could win an amazing thrash report prize pack. So check this out. We have a sticker, right? Pretty cool. You can put this anywhere, put it on your car, put it anywhere. We got coffee mug. You can put, you know, you don't have to put coffee in it. You could put booze in it, whatever. Could you so put you a sticker on it? Right. Thrash report coffee mug. But also check this out. A thrash report t-shirt, right? Thrash report podcast t-shirt. You could win all of this by just leaving a review. So go over to Apple Podcasts, leave a review, and we're going to randomly pick one um, on our August 31st podcast, and someone's going to win uh, a prize pack. So again, I encourage everyone to go uh, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We really do appreciate it. And uh, yes, the word, tell your friends. Cool, Very man. Cool, yeah. So we got some, uh, some interesting news talking about... Um, I just, it really, it bums me out, right? Because one, Dimebag is no longer here, right? right. Um, and we're kind of going on that, that arrangement, that agreement, the contract that that was in place many years ago. But why don't you talk a little bit about what's happening between Dean Guitars and the estate of yeah. Dimebag? Yeah, this came out today, which is the 17th. And I saw that... Rita Haney and the estate of Dimebag are suing Dean Guitars. And uh, they terminated the icon's posthumous endorsement of Dean Guitars and sued the musical instrument manufacturer for, among other things, breach of contract, fraud, and accounting irregularities related to the partnership, as Rita, Daryl's bereaved girlfriend and estate trustee, revealed this week. That I believe that's taken from Loudwire. And uh, Dean Guitars had a response. It's not Dean Zaliski. He's not the owner anymore. He sold in 2008, I think. Okay. But left uh, the Dimebag name with Dean and the kind of the let the legacy there to continue. And they responded that they've stood by the estate through the good and bad, and that Rita, her claims are baseless, no merit, and not grounded in reality. So it's a real limp biscuit he said she said bullshit got it so most likely a bunch of lawyers are going to go back and forth for months <laughs> yep <laughs> uh it's a shame you know you hate to see that happen and you know dime's not here to stand up for his own you know what i mean like i don't know yep yep so she wanted to go one way it sounds like and it's they're not going that way or there's I don't know. Obviously, she has issues with it, and she's the estate trustee. So I guess it's up to her to decide and fight or not fight. So, <laughs> so we'll see what happens. They said that more news to follow after the lawsuit is over. Got it. Yeah, it's a shame, but we'll uh, we'll keep you posted once we know more. For sure. Um, you know this this next one. Uh, I'm kind of curious your take on it. Uh, again, you know, I'm a huge Twisted Sister and Dee Snyder fan, 
interesting yep. that, you know, when we talk about the record industry, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, what do we know, man? This is, uh, it's kind of crazy. He's kind of, you know, really being transparent over earnings. Kind of yeah. crazy, right? Yep. I just came across the headline a week or so ago and just how he thinks that royalties are a joke. So I thought that was interesting, them being, you know, huge selling bands. I thought I'd read it. And um, he says that they didn't receive a penny in album royalties until 1998. And that despite selling millions of records, the payments amounted to, quote, a joke. <laughs> but yeah, he said that their initial success period came and went, and they didn't see a single penny or any royalties until the uh, Strangeland soundtrack in 1998. And to get the band to reunite, the label wiped out their debt in 97 after they'd been broken up for 10 years and they had sold tens of millions of records and had not gotten one royalty check. It seems. Ain't that crazy? Like, I just yeah. can't believe that. <laughs> yeah. Very. I mean, it's, it reminds me of you know, reading the Black Sabbath book or maybe it was Ozzy's book a couple years ago. And yeah, he was talking about how they felt like they were really rich, you know, they could get whatever they wanted, but they weren't getting paychecks. They were just given whatever they asked for. So like, Hey, I need a you know, Ferrari. Like, Oh, here you go. Right. And then it, not until years later, they realized they were getting screwed. Like they had everything they asked for, but they didn't get everything they earned. Right. So yeah, it's really interesting, especially when this, when this, uh, when this first came out, um, D Snyder on social, it's interesting listening to, um, his, he, he's, he's talked a lot about it on social, like on Twitter, talking about, um, you know, the streaming business, uh, record sales and, you know, how to make things, you know, fair and, and how to, you know, having those artists really get compensated for their work. And, mm -hmm. um, it's just really cool to have him on, on that side. I think he's, he can really, um, help a lot of other bands out there. Um, but yeah, it's really sad. I just, I had, <laughs> you just, you wouldn't think, you know, that that's what happened. Yeah. It reminds me at the end of Brian Slagle's book. Have you read that one? I haven't. Yeah. At the, I think it's one of the last chapters he's talking about how is that like the for all things heavy or for the sake of heaviness or something or uh could be i forget the title but yeah it's kind of the metal blades brian slagle story yeah i think i have it i just haven't read it yet okay that at the end he talks about how people always ask him you know what's going on with the record industry you know are you guys going under with all this streaming and stuff and i forget his answer but he said no streaming's fine you know we're still making money uh which as a record company, maybe I don't know, but it's certainly not the artists. Right. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. think a lot of them, I mean, you have to rely on your merch and you got to rely on touring, you know, ticket mm -hmm. sales or percentages of booze sales at venues. I mean, there's a lot of ways that you got to make a living. Right. So. Yep. And I did see it was on the internet. So it's true. You know, that someone <laughs> stated that you have to buy or, Buying one T-shirt from a band is the same as five thousand streams. Oh, really? Yeah. So, don't be naked anymore. Go buy some shirts. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know if it's true or not. I haven't looked it up, but you know, with everything else I've heard, it seems that that would make sense. Okay, we got uh, some Matt Heafy news. Like, Ooh, what's going on with Matt Heafy? He is offering guitar lessons. <laughs> Dude, are you gonna do this? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Oh, we'll see. But 
he says for a long time he's wanted to put together an instrumental or an instructional dvd and they've never had like the really place to do it and now they have the youtube platform so you can sign up and become a member and for five bucks a month you'll have uh access to lessons on everything from rhythm and lead to songwriting recording and you know it's i would have to imagine matt's a pretty awesome teacher yeah Just, yeah uh, and I would, I would expect that list of students will be very long yeah <laughs> wow yeah he doesn't do anything half-assed i don't think i mean he's yeah. sounds like he's been talking about it for a while or at least planning it for a while so congrats to him and all of his students who are gonna learn a lot yeah dude that reminds me this isn't in our uh in our notes but did you mm -hmm. see that you can try out to be the new bass player for steel panther <laughs> steel panther is looking for a new bass player our socials and our site have been overwhelmed by messages from people who think they're the one are you the one do you think you have what it takes do you have the look do you have the sexiness do you have the chops do you have the chops the chops are there any warrants for your rest internationally or domestically? If you've answered yes. No. Yes. No, no, and yes. Yes. And one no. And you want to be part of the raddest. The sexiest. Dirtiest. Most awesome. Raunchiest. Most fun. Rock and roll extravaganza. Ever known to man or woman. I did they not. Post, they posted a, a YouTube video saying, hey, do you have what it takes? <laughs> and there's now a website where you can upload uh, you playing Steel Panther songs and then a video introducing yourself and why you should be the next bass player for Steel Panther. So, and how did your tryout go? <laughs> no, man, not. I mean, you know what they say about bass players. I don't ever hear anyone talk about bass players. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> no, not me, man. Oh, by the way, did you see the, the video they posted on social? Uh, Panthrax? <laughs> I did not. Sounds good. Yeah, uh, at uh, it was at the Rockfest because uh, Anthrax and Steel Panther were both there. Yeah. And they were hanging out in, I mean, I don't know what, what trailer they were in, but they were in a trailer and Anthrax and Steel Panther were there. And it was <laughs> it was a pretty funny six minutes, I'll just tell you. Nice. And they said they should join forces and become Panthrax. <laughs> Dude, we all love uh, Biggie Fries and... Uh, um, I don't even know what's 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 a Wendy's called a single. <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah, or chili with fingers in it. Yeah, yeah. So what's this? What's this happening at Wendy's? Yeah, there was a um, metal band that went through the Wendy's drive-through, but not to order food. They went to stick up for the employees because people kept going as they were closing and ordering food and stuff. So this metal band took it upon themselves to bring all their gear on a trailer. And the drum kit was in the back of a uh, pickup, I think, or something. But they pull up into the drive-thru, block it, and proceed to play some metal. And I think some Van Halen jamming and stuff. But yeah, <laughs> so nobody else could come through. There's cars lined up behind them and everything. So it's <laughs> metal. I mean, the biggest question is, while that is awesome, mm -hmm. why? <laughs> <laughs> like, I must have had friends working there or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what it is? Trying to impress a chick. Oh, probably. Oh, you know what? And this kind of aligns as a headline, but then also in celebration of the rest of this episode, talking about the Metallica Black album, their fifth studio album, uh, self-titled. Metallica is also slated on August 20th to drop their own official 
podcast, which this is actually pretty cool. So their official podcast mm-hmm. on all podcast providers. Uh, new episodes are rolling out weekly. Um, they're starting with this uh, first eight episodes. They're going to look behind the scenes um, to the Black Album. The only band I've ever been in is Metallica, and the only band I've ever wanted to be in is Metallica. I knew that Lars was as dedicated as I was. I didn't want to have to work at the sticker factory anymore, be a janitor anymore. We found the new wave of British heavy metal. All of a sudden, we had three or four bands that sounded so unique to all the other bands that were trying to sound like fucking Led Zeppelin or whatever. Lars Ulrich was exciting because we were venturing into someplace unknown. James Hetfield. It's a risk. If it feels a little uncomfortable, that's okay. There's no wrong choice. Kirk Hammett. But that was the first time we actually tried that technique, tracking with everyone in the band in the room, but only recording drum. Bob Rock. What I saw live was this huge, weighty, sonic thing that's just not as represented in the studio. Jason Newsted. I'm just playing my punk bass mostly on that big string. I was happy when Bob Rock showed up. And it's interesting because the series will also cover, you know, things like popularity of the Black Album, uh, uh, Inner Sandman, right? So like the singles, the hits and Inner Sandman, which, you know, James has said, this has really allowed them to capture a lot of new fans um, and what they call, again, you know, family members, right? You're the fifth member of Metallica. So um, it's interesting to hear kind of their side of it. Uh, trailers live now. You should go check it out. Uh, I'm excited, you know, I'm because this is like their official take on it. So it's going to be stuff that, you know, we can assume will be all true. <laughs> <laughs> yep. If their memories serve them. That's right. If their memory right. remains. <laughs> Plop. This, um, I've been kind of keeping up with all the releases they're doing for their I don't know, the, the one that's coming out in September with all the remakes by all the other artists and everything. And yeah. some of them are really cool. I mean, there's some that I could give or take and kind of have a country sound that I'm not into, but there's somewhere it sounds like they took James's vocal tracks from the recording sessions instead of like, I don't know how they do it, or but it, it sounds different and it sounds more raw, but it sounds Oh, sounds awesome. It's... Cool. You know, the interesting thing is, too, I, uh, so driving around last weekend, running some errands and stuff, I listened to the entire Black album a couple times all the mm-hmm. way through. And, uh, you know, again, just all these memories, you know, again, how much I like that album. And the interesting thing, though, is the production value, like, like the sound of the album. Yeah. It, it was, it's just not great. <laughs> I hate to say it, right? Because I mean, it's almost like in my truck, I was trying to like, I wanted the vocals to be a little louder. I wanted it to, it just should have been mixed different. I don't know. Cause then after I listened to that album all the way through one time, I went then and put on hardwired. Oh my God. Like it sounds so good. Right. Yep. And then I listened to the black album again, all the way through. And I'm like, the the production maybe that's just all we had in 1990 i don't know but it's just for me the sound quality the mixing just wasn't where it should have been and that's weird because that's like the biggest thing they say is they wanted bob rock to do it because he made molly Cruz sound so big and great yeah, so. i just i just didn't see it and that 
that reminds me, can I jump into this this one little news bite here? Do it. And again, I don't know if this is true, but supposedly because Bob Rock, right, mm -hmm. and talked about this, supposedly back in the day when they were doing this album, Metallica, they were unfamiliar with this thing called drop detuning. <laughs> now, these are professional musicians. I doubt that they were just unaware of it. I don't know, whatever. Right. But Bob Rock informed them that Motley Crue does this and they've done it on Dr. Feelgood, right? Yeah. So the band then introduced that drop D tuning, which led to the just freaking heaviest shit when it came to like Sad But True, right? So now Sad But True just has yeah. this deep, heavy, freaking huge, right? So, I, you know, interesting that you mentioned, right? Motley Crue, did they really introduce drop T? Drop D. I'm sure maybe he just suggested it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and I read that and I thought that I don't think that is true because, and I just fact checked myself. And the thing that should not be is also dropped. Oh, it is. Okay. So, yeah. So that's obviously Master of Puppets. So, yep. But yep. that's that's all strings dropped. So maybe they're just talking about dropping the low E. Oh, sure. Yep. But, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, and that, yeah. so going on to like the, the sound and the recording and stuff too, interesting thing too, is that, you know, that album, you know, it took nine months, <laughs> no, 10 months, right? Like 10 months it took. And uh, the Black Album, they had to remix it three different times because they weren't happy with how things were going. And I didn't realize that during that entire time, that 10 months, that uh, Kirk, Lars and Jason all got divorced. Ain't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. That's uh, strange. It's like they were married to the album. I don't know, man. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, and this, I didn't know that this happened. So, August 3rd, 1991, at Madison Square Garden, mm -hmm. the band gave away 19,000 tickets for a huge listening party in New York. That's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean, that would, I guess if you are a fan of the album or if you're, uh, <laughs> it came out and you heard those first, well, I suppose they had a couple singles out before that. So people already kind of knew what was coming. Yep, yep. So. Well, and they said, um, it was interesting too, because James said that during that listening party, he was really worried about fans hearing Nothing Else Matters. He said that he was just waiting for that song to come on and having people throw up. <laughs> he said, um, you know, waiting for fans to kind of, you know, kind of wondering how much peer pressure would be going on. Like, you know, um, do you like this? I don't know. Do you like this? Like, because it was so different from them. And then, yeah. Yeah. And I think I read somewhere, I don't have any notes here, but I read somewhere too that Nothing else matters. While Kirk is actually shown in the video, James does all of the guitar in that song on the recording. Yep. So yeah, I've heard that. Like even like the solo, the intro and the solo. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, I remember hearing that and being surprised by that. Yeah, and, and new to me, I just uh, I actually had read uh, today that. Mustaine, Dave Mustaine said that he really liked The Unforgiven mm -hmm. when he heard it. And he actually commented about how 
he liked it because it was the first time he had really heard James sing. Now, you know, obviously he has, he's a great singer, but it really was the first time he'd actually really, really sing, like, you know, using vibrato, using, <laughs> yep. you know, and so uh, it was just interesting to, again, hear kind words from Dave Mustaine on that, that, that track. Yeah, I think he did take singing lessons before this album too. Oh, did he? Yeah, I think so. I know he has at some point, and I thought it was before this one or maybe during, but sure. So I know an old friend of mine used to complain that that was when they sold out or got light because Hetfield took singing lessons, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> right? Yeah. And talking about their change, I was talking to another guy and just kind of going back and forth on why you don't like Metallica after and justice for all. And, you know, like the people that say the true Metallica fans of the first four albums, whatever. And mm-hmm. he was saying that it was such a letdown, you know, it's, I mean, looking back, you know, if you've heard the four, first four, they're obviously different than anything since, but when you've grown up on the first four albums and you're a huge Metallica fan, and then all of a sudden the black album comes out like, I'd never thought of it that way, how awful that would be, I guess, to hear. <laughs> like your whole musical taste and favorites are the first four Metallica and then Black comes out versus how I've discussed how Black Album got me into it. And then I went backwards. So I was already a fan of the Black Album. I mean, I, I was into, like I said, I, I, I discovered Metallica at Master and then went back. Mm-hmm. And then obviously I was right there when justice came out and I was a huge justice for all fan and it it didn't it didn't I don't know it it didn't deter me or put me off in any I mean it was just it was different right and I think it's you know they're I guess I just I give them the it just in my opinion I mean they have the freedom to do whatever the fuck they want to do you know and and (laughs) And the money you know whether or not you like it or not and that's what they decided to do yep. um and uh it's still to this day it's still i mean some of the best memories i had was seeing them on tour for that album i mean seeing them live just absolutely i mean I, i'll remember that to my grave it was just such a great time so yep and that's kind of how i went too. you know the black album got me into it and then when load came out i was just waiting for more metallica music i wasn't I didn't have anything in my mind saying, I hope it's like this or I hope it's like that. I just, I just wanted more Metallica and then it came out and I still like load and reload, but yeah, I mean, my true favorites are the first four, but yeah, yeah. I think, you know, and uh, kind of going off of the last episode that you and I had or a couple episodes ago, I then went and listened to reload. I think it was. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely needed to give it more time. It was good. Again, I forgot that, uh, fuel was on that album <laughs> yep. right but um but yeah it was you know it was it was still good man it was it was metallica so yep. um you know the one thing that still is shocking to me um is the fact that well the album has gone on to sell over 30 million copies worldwide since the day it released in 1991 it has never sold fewer than a thousand copies a week since. <laughs> Can you believe not, that? Thirty years later, and it's still selling a thousand albums a week. 
that's the lowest because I've heard the actual average per week is over 5,000. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're continuing. I mean, that's just 30 years. That's just awesome. You know? Yeah. And I listened to it again a couple of times last week. And I think my big takeaways were, you know, I've said before how Enter Sandman and wherever I'm own got me into that or got me into metal and then into that album. And I listened to that album over and over, but listening again to uh, holier than thou i mean that's just so fast good. the riffing is great yep. and and I, I think that kind of prepared me for what i was going to get into next with like more faster stuff because you know black album is not super fast and so i think like really liking that song one of the best on the album and i think i think it really what what that was something that i really i discovered that you can still be heavy but not fast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I was like, yeah, you can still be heavy as shit. You don't got to play a million miles an hour all the time. Right. Because mm-hmm. um, those songs, they kind of capture that. Um, and I think one of my favorites too, is just through the never. Holy shit. Yeah. It's just such a great song, man. And I remember that because uh, again, listening to it this past weekend, I remember trying to learn it, right. I had the tablature book. And it had notes in the tablature book that you're playing that top string with your thumb over the, over the <laughs> top of the neck. At least that's what it said in the tab book. And huh? I was like, holy shit, my hand's not that fucking big. I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, if you're the mighty Hetfield, you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just looking at the track list this, you know, I grew up knowing it as side A and side B having the, cassette tapes and stuff but i don't know i always thought the first half was my favorite but there's the second half has great songs too so i think yeah don't overall, try it on me i mean struggle mm-hmm. i mean dude yeah, even the slower ones the guy that failed my friend of misery there's yep. hooky melodic and i don't know lyrics are awesome yep yeah i think this was one of the things that i it was an album that helped me learn that you can still be heavy and not be you know, speed metal. Right. Um, don't get me wrong. I do love stuff fast, right? I love stuff extreme, but not all the time. You don't have to. You can still yep. be heavy as shit. I agree. Yeah, I mean, what else is there to say about this album? <laughs> um, that it just it fucking rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I got my I got my sad but true shoes. <laughs> nice that's awesome so yeah speaking of shoes i'm not wearing any dude is that freaky careful out? dude <laughs> i know they're gonna shoot the glass then you'll be screwed what happens when only... a tornado comes through blast your oh. windows then you gotta walk through broken glass bro dude i have been waiting for tornadic activity around here for a long time oh i see what you did there <laughs> we gotta get tornadic in town yo yeah or as I like to call them, the EF4. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they've been playing some shows too. Yeah, they're doing local shows and I think some, I think they did a county fair or something. But Oh, that's right. Yep. I saw that. Yep. They're keeping active. So hope to hear that's more awesome. from them. Yeah. Awesome. I hope they're all staying safe, keeping, uh, you know, um, I know that, uh, you know, our friend Bill, he was all set to see corn. And like that day, it said somebody from the corn camp tested positive. 
So like literally that day they canceled. And I think the next day it said that uh, Jonathan Davis tested positive. Yep. Um, again, I hope, they're, I hope they're all vaccinated and that symptoms aren't too severe. Um, everyone that I know that have been vaccinated um, and, uh, and also, you know, it's been stated too, like Sebastian Bach and Dee Snyder, they both had it. And mm-hmm. like Dee Snyder, he was, you know, saying he still used just over-the-counter Advil and was able to, you know, not skip a beat, right? He was still doing all of his, you know, production day-to-day stuff, so. Yeah. And speaking of that corn show, it was funny that two of our former guests, like you mentioned, Bill Joy and then uh, Jessica Rave too. Yeah. They were both at that show and she had posted on Facebook that she didn't know what was worth worse, missing corn or knowing that Bill was there and not meeting up. So <laughs> oh, small cool. world thing. I totally missed that. How did I miss that? I didn't know that both of them were there. Yeah. So it's kind of a small world. Right. Because where was it? That was in PA somewhere, right? Yeah. I'm not sure where there. But oh, yeah. Speaking of Metallica and the Black Album and 40 years. Dude, dude I totally missed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Thrash oh. Report is going to San Francisco in December. This is going to be freaking epic. So Yes. Celebrating Metallica's 40, uh, 40th anniversary, uh, the Thrash Report is going to go to San Francisco to, to help celebrate. We're going to be at both shows yep. uh, at, the, at the Chase Center in San Francisco. So we're going to be out there. And hey, anybody else that's listening, if you're going to be out there too, let us know. Yeah. It's, uh, we can certainly meet up. And uh, you know we're going to have a day in between, right? to hang mm-hmm. out and do some stuff and it'll be great to do a podcast live. Right. Be cool. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm super excited, man. What do you think? Now we know like for their 30th, they had all these freaking guests, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Do you think, do you think we're going to see anything crazy this time? Uh, maybe Dave Lombardo on drums again. Ooh. No, that, that was an accident. So. Do you think, <laughs> yeah, right. Do you think there's a possibility we might see John Bush do a duet with James again? <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's been done. I, I don't know if they would do that again. I don't know yeah. if they would have guests. I imagine that it's just going to be two monstrous shows with just, I know they're having different set lists for each show. So I'm just assuming it's going to be you know, deep tracks, shit they don't play live often. It's probably just going to be like three and a half hours long each night so but they are metallica and i'm sure they'll have something up there steve yeah yeah i was just, i was thinking about that today i'm like could they pull any other shenanigans <laughs> you know <laughs> like what's gonna happen yeah so 40 years what could they do i mean i don't know what haven't they done dude i know right <laughs> 40 years is a lot of time <laughs> they've yeah. done a lot They've they've broke records playing in every fucking continent and shit. Yeah, it'd be cool if they had other Bay Area bands come out before the show or something and just or whether it's maybe on a video screen or something talking about the band, but it'd be cool if I wonder if uh music or something. I wonder if Jason maybe will join him for a track or two. I don't know. Yep, I know he's been interviewed recently about his take on the black album. So yeah, they uh posted that posted today he did a live unboxing yeah um yeah so just let everyone know again that's december 17th and then uh shows are i can't remember the shows the 17th and the 19th 
That is correct. And uh, so we're going to be out in the San Francisco Bay Area December uh, between the 17th and 20th. And uh, look forward to touching base with any, uh, any listeners if you're going to be out there. Yeah, that'd be great. So let us know. Hit us up. Cool. Thanks, man. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> no problem. Um, so I'm actually, oh, dude, this trivia, I just read this today and now I can't remember. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Stump us with some trivia there, boy. I don't know if it's really a stump. I mean, if you're a Metallica fan, you know it because you've seen a year and a half in the life of you know, talking about the Black Album. So who did Metallica steal the cover idea for the Black Album from? How do I get this fluid out of my backbone? I suggest you use a spinal tap. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, Spinal Tap, they met Metallica or Metallica met them backstage somewhere and they pulled out, where'd you get this idea from? We did this. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. I feel like I should go watch Spinal Tap again. You know, I tried to watch it with my wife and son a couple weeks ago and it started off and they just couldn't get into it. So oh, yeah. I'll have to watch it. Maybe, <laughs> on, maybe we can watch it on the plane. There you go. Good idea. Um, let's That's see. Back in the day, I guess uh, most of this episode's been a back in the day. Black in the day. Yeah, man. Um, back in the day, um, I think I remember talking to you about this. Uh, one of the, another memory I had is actually buying tickets to that uh, that show, an evening mm-hmm. with Metallica, in like 1991, and that nice. was where we had to stand in line outside you know little days and we were uh yeah freezing our ass off and uh just a bunch of long-haired punks <laughs> standing in line overnight waiting for uh waiting for uh great american music to open that was like our ticket master outlet or whatever yep um yeah good times man it was fun lewis eastgate was ours yeah and go to a store to buy tickets not like well, we could have record stores too, I think, but yeah, it's just weird how things have changed. But totally, <laughs> yeah. And I, I remember, uh, I remember driving to um, driving downtown to that show, and in my 1980 Citation hatchback. Yep. And we had it so full of people that you couldn't close the the back hatch. <laughs> Don't have anything else on the black album. I think we covered it. We love it. Yep. Oh, actually, that reminds me of something. Um, when we went to the Krog show, yeah. Um, earlier that day, I was on Facebook with I think it might have been on Rob Carlson's page or something, or um, but someone brought up the Black Album and there was a comment saying the Black Album sucks. Everyone knows it. So that's right. And I asked if this guy who said this was going to be at the Krog show that night, so I could get up in his face and say how I fucking love the Black Album. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, and I'll call you a liar. <laughs> so I found out who the guy was. I saw him at the show and I walked up to him and I told him that and said, I love the black album. It took him a second. He's like, you're a liar. And we just started laughing and just chatting. So got to know him, got to be friends on Facebook. And then, like I said earlier, I went on vacation. Um, we left on the third or the fourth of August or something. And I'm, 
me and my family are next or just after next in line to show our boarding passes to get on the plane from Minneapolis to Washington state. And I'm wearing a Krog shirt and I'm walking down and all of a sudden I hear my name. Someone goes, Jim. <laughs> no <laughs> way. Yep, I look over and here's this tall dude. And he looked like my old neighbor from way back. Who's a big guy too. And I'm looking at him like, and you know, we all have masks on because the airport still requires them. So I didn't recognize him right away, but it looks somewhat like my old neighbor. So it's just not registering. And then he says, the Black Album. And I'm still standing there like a deer in head's like, what? <laughs> Trying to think what the hell he's talking about. Then he goes, Rob's my cousin from Krog, your shirt. <laughs> and then it clicked like, oh, Andrew, what's up? <laughs> That's so great, dude. Yeah, dude it's, it is such same. a small world. And you see how metal shirts bring people together? Exactly. Yep. Yeah, so it was just crazy. We were sitting in the same room for probably an hour waiting to board and didn't see each other. And then <laughs> he oh, sees a shirt and then, yeah. So I was hoping to catch him when he got off the plane, but we did. But uh, yeah, just a fun story that was pretty cool. And then it's even funnier because our family story thing is like my mom knows everybody. Like we can't go anywhere without her running into somebody, like around town for sure. But <laughs> She ran into somebody while we were returning a rental car in Florida one time. And just, <laughs> so it's like, that's legendary her. Right. So this, hap this happens to me and my kids are like, geez, dad, your grandma. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, that's great. Yeah, but I love it. That was great. That is, that's a great story. I love it. <laughs> so, uh, so we have any follow-up items this week? Um, I've got another today in the day band. Ooh, who's that? Yeah. So it's a band that I've, or has been on my radar for a long time that I well, probably eight, nine years ago listened to a little bit. I'm not sure exactly how I got onto them. It might've been in, you know, back in the pirating days, mm. but yeah, a band from Greece called Suicidal Angels. And the only thing I'd heard of them was from back in like 2012-ish, I think. And I loved them and they had this one song that has had this killer open string riff and i've seen the suicidal angels name around a lot lately so i've started listening to them again and i could not find this riff and then like it's in my library somewhere so i went on looked at my stuff and i couldn't find that i'd or no i went through like the apple music and i couldn't find it because i knew it opened the song and then I was listening to, uh, let's see, uh, uh, let's see, what's the name of the album? Uh, so I was listening to a bunch of just random Suicidal Angels song, and then I hear this riff, I'm like, hey, that's the riff. So I look, and it's on a song called Capital of War from 2016. So I started the song over, and it didn't start with it, with that riff. It's like, okay, that's different. So I think, I and I... So I went back to my library and I searched and searched and I found the song Dead Again by Suicidal Angels. And that's the song. That's the riff. And I don't know what album it's on. And but it's pre-2016. So I'm guessing I don't know if it was like an EP or something. They just love that riff and kind of change it up a bit and put it in Capital of War. Hmm. But great riff, great song, great band. Suicidal Angels from Greece. Check them out. Cool, man. Yeah, I just uh, just looked them up. Um, looks like they have 
Yeah, they got six releases going back to 2007. music so just added uh their entire catalog to my library so i will <laughs> i will check them out yeah so uh comments or follow-ups um i need to say something to our friend mudcat tommy that i was at work today i was on a new job site on a army fort and i'm working with a new company or, um, the job has a new company doing the work so i was walking around the woods with this dude and we just started talking and he starts talking about this dude from West Virginia, not Tommy, because he said West Virginia. And I corrected this motherfucker and said, Hey, <laughs> it's West by God, Virginia. And he looked at me like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I said, no, you say West by God, Virginia, or people think you're from Virginia. <laughs> so now he knows. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Then we started talking about music, and he's into like uh, uh, what's it synth pop and like electronic stuff. And it reminded me a lot of what Metal Ferg a few months ago, well, January, February, when David Ferguson was our guest. And I think yep. he was talking about that on our show. And I was wondering if there's some of the same bands. So I got to, David, if you're listening, drop some names. And But uh, I remember it being because David showed me one time or played some for me and I liked it. It was, I hadn't really heard much electronic stuff, but you know, it's fast and it's upbeat and I like that. So I want to check some more out. This is the crazy thing. So like I'm obviously at work, usually I'm sitting here or I'm at my stand-up desk. Mm -hmm. So I often get comments on Pantera, Iron Maiden, Metallica, right. And from my posters. And I got to tell you, you know, every now and then you get some, they say something like, oh, I really like that Iron Maiden poster you have back there. Mm -hmm. And then um, the other day, I think it was Friday, last Friday, I happened to be wearing my uh, a Testament tee. And so my my customer, he, he makes a comment about, oh, you got Iron Maiden and Testament. Man, this is just uh, a blast from the past. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, both of these bands are still releasing albums today. <laughs> yep. You know, and so it just kind of, it, I don't know, it just makes me feel angry or disappointed or, you know, like, it's not like, oh, I listened to them in high school and now I don't listen to them for 30 years. Like, no, these bands, for me, it wasn't a phase. For me, it was like, it's life, man. Like, I don't know. So it just, whenever people make a comment like, oh, it brings me back to my high school days. Well, you know what? Yeah. I don't know. Because they knew someone like you that would drive them around and listen to that stuff, and they weren't quite into it, maybe. I guess, yeah, I don't know. But I totally get what you're saying, though. I mean, I've a few years ago I started thinking, like, you know, it's not a phase. Like when I was younger, I never knew it was, or I never thought it was. I just, you know, I love this stuff. I probably always will. Like maybe I'll be an old dude, still love metal. And then now I'm, you know, my early 40s. I'm like, 
love metal more now than I ever have. I'm much more expressive of it. And I've got a friggin' podcast talking about it. And, sure. <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah, I can still do it. And looking at people that are like 20 years older than me and, you know, they're still wearing the shirts and at the shows and like, now I'm like, am I going to be that old and still love it? And like, yes, I'm going to be one of those people. <laughs> exactly. And yes. I don't know how many times I get sent that video of the old dude in the car pulling up to the truck or the, <laughs> the videos. Yep. Like the side of the road and this old guy pulls up and he's just, the windows up and he's just jamming, throwing horns in his truck. Like people exactly. send me that all the time. Like here's Jim and he's 70. Yeah. That's a, like <laughs> the other day be. I went and had lunch with my sister and we're at this, uh, we're at the good earth restaurant and we sit down for lunch and the, the, like the server, like, or the, the host seats us and you see that I'm wearing a shirt. It just says, it's a shirt I have that just says metalhead on it. And he's like, really, are you really a metalhead? And my sister looks at him and says, yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty great. Awesome. Oh, we got to talk about, um, Dimestock. Yeah. Follow up to our last episode with our guest squid hammer metal. So that is coming up this weekend. Um, if you're listening to this fairly currently, but yeah, it's, uh, on the 20th Saturday, Dimestock, Wisconsin tribute to Pantera, a bunch of bands, beers, good times, flames, explosions. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. I know, um, I want to, Jim, it was nice catching up again. We haven't talked in a few weeks. Um, yep. I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, again, please, um, let us know what you think. Send us an email at the thrash report at gmail.com. Reach out to us on social. You can find uh, archived episodes and all the show notes at thrashreport.com, as well as links to our YouTube channel with playlists for all of our episodes. Don't forget, you want to win an awesome Thrash Report prize pack, including a t-shirt, coffee mug, and, and uh, sticker. Leave us a review. Go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, tell us what you think, and you can win. It's fresh in your head right now. Go do it when you're done listening. Awesome. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time on the Thrash Report. Jim, see ya. Peace, brother.